Eh, take four, five, whatever it is. Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join the discussion on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Uh, Bradley had to... uh, play some catch-up with some of his pastoral duties today uh, and scheduling conflicts and all that kind of stuff, Uh, but I am still joined via the interwebs by... John Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, and sexy boat captain from Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that... You're... (laughs) You can explain that one. I've got a sweater on that, you know, it, it snowed here last night, so I, I broke up oh my sexy boat captain sweater. It's got, like, that collar thing that kind of wraps around. It's got, like, the, the wood bead that, like, joins the collar. and Yeah. <laughs> Ahoy, mateys. That's all i got to say. Yeah, it's, it's the exact opposite of snowing here today. Uh, high of 73. Ah, you love it. Welcome to the scallywag. A vast, <laughs> a vast sunny uh, weather. What you? What did you do in church uh, two days ago in your sexy boat captain shirt? <laughs> I didn't wear my sexy boat captain sh- shirt. Oh, okay. You know, we gotta you know guard your heart. Um, but <laughs> um, I uh, I had the I had the week off, uh, which is a uh, which. Although I say it's a rarity, it, it happened just a number of weeks ago. So, uh, but we, I wasn't. We suppo- are. We keep. We keep syncing up on our weeks off. I know. I wasn't it's like, supposed it's like to have women. a week off though. <laughs> oh gee. <laughs> wow. Oh, we need Bradley bad to keep this thing on the rails. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So I wasn't supposed to have the week off. Um, I, I was in fact scheduled, um, but uh, Lars, our, our uh, front of house guy, we had on a number of episodes ago, and I are both leaders in the Cub Scout Pack at Christ Lincoln, and we had wow. our family camp out this past weekend, uh, which we usually do a worship service the subsequent Sunday morning because it runs from uh, Saturday morning to Sunday morning. Uh, but Lars still had to do front of house work, so I was like, okay, I'll, uh, I'm the the chaplain for the pack, if you will, and um, mm-hmm. the uh, the responsibility fell on me to to lead that morning worship service. Unfortunately, we called it off because of the cold, so we did the, still the activities on Saturday, but we just didn't do the overnight campout piece. So I was able to join my family in worship on uh, on Sunday morning. My parents are in town, so that's cool. Um, the uh, as far as band things go, uh, they did uh, they did pretty well. We've uh, we've actually been blessed by an influx of new drummers. Um, each one has their own very individual style. The uh, Micah, the individual who played, not my son Micah, um, although he would love to be the drummer for Two Eleven, I think. Um, <laughs> Micah, who played this past week, uh, you know, he he does the underhand uh, stick with his left hand. You know, has this very classy kind of Max Weinberg oh, yeah. feel to it. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool. It just gives things a, a different vibe, uh, which was which was pretty sweet. Um, in addition to that, um, rather than a, a sermon series or, or something like Two uh, Eleven's often known for, it was Confirmation Sunday. Uh, so in. Mm. Now this now this isn't like Roman confirmation where it's like a right. sacrament no, no, no. because that that doesn't that's not a thing. Um, so right. 
in in the Lutheran Church, our understanding of of baptism is is different um, from um, the Reformed uh, world. It, not all of the Reformed world, but parts of it, and and we're still avoiding discussing that. Uh, we'll get there one day. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Um, but. In the Lutheran Church, when a, a baby is brought by their parents uh, to be baptized, to uh, to be washed by the waters of baptism and join uh, join into the family of God um, by His Word and His Word alone, uh, they are. Their, their sponsors and their parents make a promise that they will raise them up in instruction to teach them uh, the scriptures, the creeds, the Lord's Prayer. And uh, as part of our Wednesday and Sunday morning education experiences, they do, please, um, I use the word experiences. It's like I'm some sort of modern evangelical worship experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is <laughs> uh, is part of those those education events? Um, we uh, we use Luther's Small Catechism primarily as the uh, as the text for instruction uh, to teach the uh, the ecumenical creeds, to teach the Lord's Prayer, to teach uh, the Ten Commandments, um, to teach confession and absolution, and, and what these tenets of the faith are: baptism, the Lord's Supper, so on and so forth. And once they've completed catechesis, or 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 what a lot of people call confirmation class, which is usually towards the end of eighth grade or the beginning of ninth, um, they are invited to then confirm the faith of their baptism uh, by standing up in front of the congregation in some congregations and uh, and saying, yes, this is this is what I believe. And there are quest- there's a questioning piece to it uh, to, to make sure that they've ingested and taken to heart this knowledge that they've learned. At Christ Lincoln, we do the questioning throughout the year. Uh, we had 48 confirmands uh, this past Sunday uh, throughout all of our campuses, so that's a, that's a huge number. And uh, they each receive a, a verse uh, with uh, meaning to them. Uh, of course, all Scripture has meaning to all of us, but one that has more of a personal flair that they've helped choose uh, that has been instrumental in their faith walk thus far. And uh, that, along with a blessing uh, from, uh, from the pastor, in this case, um, is the, the rite of confirmation. And, of course, there is the, you know, the repetition of the questions that are asked of this individual's parents and sponsors during an infant baptism. It's like, do you renounce the devil, all of his works and all of his ways? You know, do you confess that, right. that you believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and earth and the rest of the creed, so on and so forth? Yeah. Uh, forgive me if, I've, if, I, if you already said this and I zoned out while I was looking at my notes briefly. How That's old good. are these people being confirmed? Um, they're... Uh, in, in our I'm sure there's a range, right? Well, no. In our congregation, they are ninth graders. So they're freshmen okay. in high school. In the majority right. of the LCMS, and I think the majority of, of Christendom that does the whole confirmation shtick, they're usually eighth grade. Um, however, we do it at the beginning, well, I guess at the, the middle of the ninth grade year uh, because we mm-hmm. use those first few months of uh, high school ministry to put a relational aspect onto all that they've learned through their previous years. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, so that's what the confirmation uh, bits about, and uh, and after that, they uh, um, 
They are welcome to the Lord's table to participate in the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper, and, uh, and then away we go. Um, the message was really cool, interspersed with individual testimonies on video from these uh, different confirmants from all of our sites. It was, uh, it was really cool. So long drawn out, but uh, yeah, it was a cool Sunday. Definitely more akin to uh, like a Presbyterian confirmation than mm-hmm. obviously a Roman Catholic confirmation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that and that's something the confirmation thing seems to me, uh, especially with the catechesis and all that kind of stuff that leads up to that. That seems, at least in in a lot of circles, to be an advantage that I see in in the Pado Baptist world over a lot of us Credo Baptists. For sure, where where at least in general, you know, you you Pados are much more intentional. About this kind of thing, which which I appreciate, um, where you know so so often it's you know walk an aisle, <laughs> pray yeah, a prayer, for sure. get dunked later, and then and then <laughs> all right, whatever, we're good. You got dunked. Yeah, and, and you know that that is something that uh, uh, that has always been a a strong uh, a strong point in in my mind, and, and obviously the mind yeah. of uh, of those who practice it. Um, but I, I think that it's something that, re- regardless of our views on baptism, and we got to remember that no matter what, God does the doing in all things. And so right. at the end of the day, God's will is sovereign. God is all-powerful, and he will do what he desires. So yep. outside of the bits and pieces on our side of things, um, when we think about the idea of, quote, confirmation or catechesis, that ongoing instruction from youth through young adulthood and hopefully thereafter, is a uh, you know it, it's a a trademark something that that uh, you'll find in almost in in should be every Lutheran church at least every Orthodox Lutheran church that uh, you know we put a, a high importance on um, especially when you have your your confirmation and it's more like a uh, Oh, I've graduated from church. <laughs> you know, I've graduated from Sunday school, <laughs> sort of thing. And, and and you know, that's not what it is by any means. It certainly ends right. the um, the in depth, uh, you know, like textbook level uh, instruction. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, the small catechism wasn't even um, written by Luther for instruction in a classroom setting. It was written for fathers to teach their yeah, children for and family their worship. families. Yeah throughout yeah. the life of that family. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and that's the piece, I think, that regardless of our backgrounds, we can take from that. Absolutely. Uh, so at Res this week, I had the week off, uh, which is always kind of weird for me because I don't know what to do with the two extra hours I have on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, so, But Bradley uh, finished up Romans 12, finished out that chapter, still making the case of the main command in that chapter is don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So in that, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. It's 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 less about having a to-do list or to-don't list uh, in some of those cases. Uh, it's, it's really more about uh, acting like the transformed person that you are. It's it's not you getting right with God. It's this is me acting out of being made right with Absolutely. God. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then uh, next week, well, before we get to 
you know, never mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> we also we also introduced a uh, since we uh, installed lay elders last week. Uh, Jonathan, one of our new elders, was tasked with reading the text uh, before the sermon, which is something that we haven't done before, and I hmm. thought that went pretty well. So we'll see how that goes uh, from here on out. Um, next week we start. Uh, you know, everybody has those doctrines that that they don't really love. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and mine happens to be uh a good chunk of Romans 13 about government stuff cuz I I want to be an anarcho-capitalist. Oh yes. Uh, but I, but I can't scripturally justify it. Fight the power and, so uh, and so forth. Yeah, and 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 then when you realize that, you know, it says the government is God's servant and it uses the same word for deacon. Ah, uh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, government has its has its proper roles. Family has its proper roles. Church has its proper roles, and they shouldn't cross over. And if one of them is crossing over, it it's in a place it shouldn't be, and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's going to be uh, next Sunday. So tune in next week to yeah. see uh, see how how much I uh, fidgeted in my seat. Well, you know, sure. you know, on that one thing that I know made you uh, made you fidget a little bit earlier this week is when I posted that picture to the the, the podcast lounge. Um, somehow, uh, the governor. So, Christ Lincoln celebrated its 70th anniversary um, of of ministry, uh, not this past Sunday, but the the Sunday before. And somehow, uh, our governor, Pete Ricketts, uh, if you watch John Oliver, that would be Dollar Store Lex Luthor, uh, same guy, uh, was incensed enough to declare October 20th, 2019 as Christ Lincoln Day in all of yeah, I actually. I actually don't have a problem with that. Uh, you, you look at the uh, the establishment clause in the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and, and we're digressing, so I'll make this pretty yeah. quick. Is 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 it doesn't the all right? The First Amendment is about the government establishing a church. It's sure. not about government recognizing churches exactly. or even being or being influenced by churches for sure. Because ultimately, it's not whether but which morality is influencing the government um so yeah yeah, yeah uh, for we'll sure just leave that there anyways uh <laughs> yeah so uh state of but, nebraska oh, look at that but but fantastic segue speaking of morals being changed <laughs> oh. <laughs> um unless you uh live under a rock you've heard about this whole kanye west thing I've even gone so far as to make a uh, an Edwards Overdrive version two Jesus is King special edition, and uh, <laughs> how's yeah. That, so how's that going, by the way? Do you have pre-orders on that already? I got a, I got a, I got a couple left. Yeah, nice. So yeah, couple couple left in the planned uh, pre-order and all that. So uh, check WestminsterEffects.com see if it's still in stock or, or not even in stock. I haven't even powder coated it yet as we record this it was you know the kanye thing dropped basically as a surprise the the album did and it was just like oh i guess i need to jump on this now because if i wait yeah because i mean we were we were waiting on the day that it was supposed to drop we were like has it dropped yet has it dropped yet and then we kind of all forgot about it and then it was like bam you know and like holy smokes right so uh, one Stan Fields, who also happens to be my dad, who also happens to host the All Seven Days podcast, good podcast, go check it out. Uh, 
actually posted in the Inquisition section, do we know enough about Kanye's theology to throw out an endorsement for his music? Mm. Um, so in terms of, of the background, um, he's actually being mentored, uh, it seems, by a guy named Adam Tyson. Uh, Adam Tyson is in Los Angeles, and he is a graduate of the Master's Seminary, uh, most known by John MacArthur. So even though we're not going to do the John MacArthur, Beth Moore thing right now, I think it's terribly ironic that in a span of two weeks, John MacArthur both dropped a bomb on the evangelical world while also being one of the most uniting evangelical (laughs) figures. That's just funny to me. Um, But uh, so Adam Tyson uh, has, he did an interview with Apologia Studios and has basically been, you know, asking Kanye these questions of, well, what happened to you when you say that you got saved? And, Apparently, Kanye is giving really, really good answers, and uh, yeah, and that's what I've seen as well. Nudged, and while being nudged and corrected by uh, Adam Tyson along the way, and uh, you know, every not everything. The guy's been a Christian since April, apparently. So it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's you know he he is in the uh, unenviable position of having his first year of sanctification play out in very public form, mm-hmm. um, but. It's it's one of those things where <clears throat> he's actually talking about repentance. He's actually talking about, hey, not everybody's going to be saved. He's talking about every knee will bow, mm-hmm. and it's just like like obviously he's he's not writing a treatise. He's not he's not quoting from the institutes yet. <laughs> he's not you know he's not Cody's looking like, forward to Cage Stage Kanye over. I would love to see Cage Stage Kanye. <laughs> uh, he I mean he's he's not. You know, he's not spelling out Tulip with his uh, album tracks, <laughs> but but what's there is is just simple gospel truths, yeah. as far as we can see. Um, so, John, you were uh, going to curate some lyrics for us, right? Yeah, you know, I, I dug through some stuff um, when, you know, when, as soon as this dropped, I, uh, I pulled up the lyrics and closed literally everything else on my computer and just listened through the, uh, the whole yeah. album. And Same I, I was just ajar. Like my mouth was just wide open. I was like, this right. is so awesome. And not not to yes. say that everything is a perfect exposition of the gospel or that everything is straight scripture. You know, that's not what we're saying. I, and and mind you, for me, this is not a comparison of what Kanye came from. I have never once listened to Kanye West. I I have no clue. Um, any of his other mu- music, other than Jesus Walks, which apparently came out about forever ago, um, and, and we're going to touch on that just a little bit. That was like 2005. You'd, you'd never heard Gold Digger? Is that him? Yes. Oh, I ain't saying she's a gold digger. But she ain't missing. Don't no don't don't rope. proceed. Do not. No, no. Proceed. I did. The, I did the radio edit. <laughs> I know the radio edit. That, that's how. That, that's how much of a good white guy I am. Like I, oh, I, I, I was a DJ for a while. I was. I was an event DJ. So like, I guess I. I probably have, have, you know, like Gold Digger have have like skirted over some of his stuff. But this isn't a comparison of, of where he. You know, he's been. It's a. It's just a comparison where he's or or a. Kind of exploration. I lost, I lost you on. I was a DJ for a while. Okay, that's all right. We'll just we'll just follow through. There wasn't anything important. Fair enough. So, 
There, there are some things that I find curious, um, but and I, I don't really have a great place to start. You know, I think like going in chronological order through the album, but just hit some highlights here. Um, yes. First, some things that like I really, really took to heart lyrically. Um, one is a line from Water. And it goes like this: "Clean us like the rain in spring. Take the chlorine out of the conversation. Let your light reflect on me. I promise I'm not hiding anything. It's water. We are pure as water. Pure as water." Um, the uh, take the chlorine out of the conversation. I was like, "What the heck does that mean?" Well, uh, you know, looking into it, like chlorine. You know, when when you're in a public swimming pool, you know, they put chlorine in to keep it clean, right? But chlorine's a what is it? It's like a caustic chemical. You know, it's it's false cleanliness. It's false purification. You know, take mm-hmm. that false purification out of our conversation and let us be pure as water. I mean let your light reflect on me, right? That, that just right there was, was so cool, that, just that alliteration uh, from a lyrical standpoint, and that it almost seems that he's recognizing that there are many, and well, he, he is recognizing this, because he says it in, in other songs, like Hands On, uh, that there are many who are going to doubt, you know, there, there are many who are false converts to the faith. There are many who, per, you know, profess Christ with their lips, but deny them by their lifestyle. To uh, jack the intro from DC Talk there, which I think they jacked from somebody else, but I don't remember who. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's powerful. You know, I, I think the, the big trends in this whole album, and whether it's gospel or Christian, it's just a good album, right? I think the big th- under like the big themes here are are conversion, and I think that's that's super. Uh, I think that's super clear. Um, even even hands on right, which is the one that a lot of people are saying. You know, this is the message to the Christians, and, and which it is, and, and we'll we'll probably touch on that too. But uh, you know, with hands on, the the rap goes through. Uh, a, a kind of alliteration and recollection of a dicey past and uh, and then proceeds like this. Told God last time on life, told the devil I'm going on strike. Told the devil when I see him on sight, I've been working for you my whole life. Told the devil that I'm going on strike. I mean, that's <laughs> that's legit. Um, there's a, there's a, a video uh, from it's that Hitler video, right? Where, where they're all in the war room and it's, it's all in German. So it's been overdubbed by everything. And, uh, and so they're, you know, Hitler's getting, getting upset that everything is, is falling apart. And, uh, in, in this overdub meme version about the, the Jesus King album, he says, well, at least we have Kanye West. Have him, have him you know, proclaim himself to be God again and everything will be okay. And, of course, you know, one of his henchmen you know, kind of pulls, pulls his uh, collar away from his shirt so he can breathe a little bit and says, sir, uh, mein Führer, uh, Kanye released an album called Jesus is King, and he says he's going on strike. <laughs> you know, and then if, if you're familiar with the meme, you know, he just, he just breaks down. I, I think I've watched probably every incarnation of that meme, and I still have no idea what movie it's from. Um, but, I mean, that, that, is, that is exactly what repentance is. Yeah. Where, where our human nature is so pulled towards 
the, the pleasures of the flesh, the pleasures of the physical life, that which Satan not necessarily has dominion over, but that which Satan has been allowed to meddle in. Mm-hmm. And in the words of Kanye, we go on strike. We repent through the power of God, and we tell the devil we're going on strike. We're not working for you anymore. We're not going to advance your false kingdom anymore. We are going right. to be be purified. I really um, like uh, I really like this this portion of uh, his song Sela. It's also along the same oh, lines yeah. of he starts uh, with with everybody wanted Yandi as yeah. in the whole Ye versus Gandhi like he did with Jesus and mm-hmm. he actually was supposed to release an album called Yandi that uh that uh what am I even trying to say? He he canceled it. Yeah. <laughs> he canceled the album because of what he was going through. So everybody wanted Yandi Yandi. Then Jesus Christ did the laundry. They say the week starts on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday won't be in bondage to any man. John 8.33, we, the descendants of Abraham and all the dispensationalists, screamed in terror. Uh, (laughs) Ye should be made free. John 8.36, to whom the sun set free is free indeed. He saved a wretch like me. Uh, I mean that's that's pretty straightforward there. That is very straightforward, and and I'm going to, I'm going to just mention here. My, since my daughter's name is Sela, I was a little uh, I was a little worried that uh, <laughs> I saw this when when you know not that I follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram, but of course her <clears throat> photo of the tentative track list had, had made its rounds, and and when I saw Sela in there, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> you know where's where's this gonna go? Because right. you know, we all saw the Sunday service thing, and, but there wasn't a lot of like it. It was it was very much just gospel choruses, not not a lot of like deep right. scriptural truths, and so no one really knew what Jesus King was going to be like, and uh, and so I was a little on edge uh, when I saw a track named uh, Selah, which obviously not named after my daughter, but named. Uh, named after uh, the musical uh, instruction found in Psalms and Habakkuk for you know, pause, reflect, so right. and so forth. Now, there are a few things that make me not concerned. I'm not going to say concerned, but raise my eyebrow a little bit. I mean, knowing the prevalence that um, the name it and claim it, the, the NAR stuff has in the evangelical world, there are mm-hmm. a few lyrics um, the prosperity gospel stuff is what I'm getting at. There are a few lyrics that seem to maybe touch on that, but not really. So on first glance, uh, like an on God, how you get so much favor on your side, accept him as your Lord and Savior, I replied. So, right. you know, throughout the rest of the text of, of on God, you know, it's, I mean, there there is talk of 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 wealth and worldly riches and and things like that's on God, and He is pointing to God as the fountain and source of His numerous blessings, which is fantastic. My mm-hmm. hope, my hope is that He has the order right in His heart and in His head. You know that right. you know that God has given these things out of His fatherly divine goodness and mercy, not out of response for your acceptance of this faith. That is not your own. Um, you know, that, that's, my, 
you know that I think that's my only my only thing in the whole album is like yeah there was there was one other line uh, in water where it's it's in that litany of uh, Jesus flow through us Jesus heal the bruises oh, yeah. clean the music uh, forgive please reveal give us strength make us well help us live and then it, and he says give us wealth but then the next line is Jesus is our safe uh, Jesus is our rock Jesus give us grace Jesus keep us safe. Um, so if Jesus is our safe, then if, if we're correlating that to like a, like a bank safe, yeah. And or, or a gun safe or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that, that makes, oh, that makes sense. If he's talking about provision, no problem with that at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, and that is one thing in all of this stuff that's, that's legitimate, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, the you know, the other one that was just an eyebrow raiser was in uh, everything we need. You know, it's like we got everything we need. I, I don't know if what the exact title is. I, uh, I don't have the track list up on my my other laptop here at the moment. Uh, and, and, you know, it's one of those things is where, you know, Kanye has wealth. I mean, he has thousands of acres out in you know Montana or Wyoming or wherever it is. And and, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's just weird for me from a Christian perspective to hear, I got all this money, but we got everything we need. It's on God. You know, it, it's so weird. Cause he, he's, he's saying, yeah, I got all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm rich as dirt, but it's on God. It's like, he's, he's admitting like, yeah, I've, I've got all this stuff. But now I can testify to yeah, well, where it and, came from. And, that's, and that song, I'm looking at the lyrics, and I think this is pretty telling. Uh, what if Eve made apple juice? Are you going to do what Adam did? I'm not going to say it how he actually said it because I'd just sound like an idiot. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not cool enough, I guess. Uh, are you going to do what Adam did or say, baby, let's put this back on the tree because we have everything we need? Like that... Yeah, that's that is not prosperity theology. No, like that—that no, that would not. actually be a refutation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, what what did the the apple, the fig, the pineapple, what have you? You know, the the knowledge of good and evil, that which uh, you were convinced that you didn't have, but you needed, and it was so attractive. Um, you know, and also in that he's. You know, it just like closed on Sunday, being an example to his family, you know, being that household leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the album's not that great. But like, <laughs> new convert. Those are all like, those new are all convert. like, basically everybody that's saying that it's not a good album are like Slate and Vox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> people I don't take very seriously in the first place. Exactly. You know, and uh, there there was one that I that I found from Up Rocks that was a, a review of of the album, and uh, oh geez, what I'm gonna I'm gonna open it just so I can quote verbatim, and it's uh, you know obviously this this has a very worldly uh, view of things. It, it's not a Christian publication right. of of any stretch. Um, the last line of this review, and, and, I, and I don't think this is something that is like, oh, shucks, you know, the critics don't like his album. It's, my hope is that this doesn't derail um, 
Kanye's progress and growth in the faith um, by having reviews such as this. Maybe only Judge, <laughs> Judge, maybe only God can judge Kanye the man. But as a musician, Kanye's divine inspiration leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, you know. A lot of it's really, really harsh. I mean, they even touch on you know the Chick Fil A thing, and of course, Chick Fil A uh, being founded on Christian principles, the owners living by and supporting Christian principles um, right. do not take favor in uh, in many who uh, um, who cling uh, to the world. So, uh, you know, I, I I think I'm just concerned there. Um, I don't I don't think he cares. I hope not. I really I really don't think he does because in in one, in his very first album as a Christian as a self-proclaimed Christian he's saying things that are just as a whole he is more explicitly Christian than 90% of contemporary Christian music. <laughs> I mean that, there's no or, doubt there. Or even the bulk of a lot of modern worship music and mm-hmm. even more so than a lot of Christian rap. Uh, where, you know, you look at guys like Lecrae and it's just like, what happened? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously not ripping on guys like Shylin or Timothy Brendel or Beautiful Eulogy or whatnot. Cause sure. Those guys are all, those guys are saying they're going to all stay legit. But, but Kanye just came in and, and lit a fire under everybody's butt, I think. And hopefully what I'm, what I'm really hoping for is that this kind of wakes everybody up. Uh, to the fact that hiding Jesus under layers of metaphors within worship uh, is not the way to do things. Uh, we yep. we instruct with our music, uh, whether we mean to or not. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And you, act- yep. you actually do teach doctrine, and if all you have is is a nondescript squishy loving god then that's what your people are gonna and, and that's what you sing about then that's what your people are gonna believe in lex lex harandi lex credendi i mean it, it that has been the the theme since the reformation that that which we say with our mouths that we confess with our lips influences that which we believe um and uh you know we've got to be careful right um uh, you know that's a takeaway that we've had in many episodes you know we've got to be careful um, with uh, with what we put, I mean, I think we said that in the reckless love episode. You know, we've got to be careful. Yeah. You know, I don't care how you want to skirt around this, how you want to explain it. They're going to be singing "Reckless Love of God" in their car, right? And it's going to soak into their mind. And not to get back on that horse, but whatever it is, we've got to be careful. And Kanye has produced an album. With yes, artistic language, but not artistic license. You know, mm, I mean, yeah. there is straight like verbatim scripture in here, and whether or not this is appropriate for your context of worship in you know in your church, well, that's for you and your leadership to uh, to discern. Um, you know, we're not going to sit here and be like, yeah, you know, let's go lobby multitracks dot com to to go put out backing tracks for for closed on Sunday. Um, and please, I, Chris Tomlin, don't touch it. <laughs> so don't ruin to, Kanye. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be a thing? Um, so two things, um, you know, I, one I want to touch on is is from Hands On, and it's towards the end. And this is this is the convicting passage. This is the one that is too um, really. 
all of us, especially those of us um, who have questioned uh, Kanye uh, because of his previous lifestyle uh, and, and just because how could God save someone like Kanye? And what he tells to us is that he deserves the criticism. He acknowledges that. Yeah. He confesses his sin and, and says, you know, I deserve all the criticism you've got. If that's all the love you've had, then that's all you've got. But to think of, sing of change, you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking. Yeah, I understand your reluctancy, but I have a request you, th- you see. Don't throw your hands up in the sense of don't throw your hands up in like, what the heck is this? Don't throw your hands up. Lay your hands on me. Please pray for me. Yeah, that's, that's and, really good. And yeah, go ahead. Well, of course, there's always the possibility that something like this is a ploy. However, I don't believe it's right for us to focus on that or consider it because as one of our listeners mentioned, well, it wasn't one of our listeners. Shy Win is that? I, I'm not familiar with that name. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that, so an, is that another artist? A, yeah, he's a reformed rapper. Uh, okay, lyrical theology and whatnot. So since this he was a pretty notes, funny, he has a pretty he has a pretty hilarious song called "False Teachers" that you should that you should go listen to. I'll have to check <laughs> it out. Since this is on your notes, why don't you read this quote? Um, yes, because. Regardless of whether or not we are doubting, we ought not doubt God because no matter what. One of my favorite parts of this Kanye thing, people who hate both Kanye and the God that he's praising and choose to mock and ridicule the album still have to say, Jesus is king while doing so. Because it's just true. And and that kind of... That kind of takes me into uh, an observation that I've that I've had the last several days, uh, and you know it's also related to his song "Hands On." It says, "What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones this to was, judge me, make yeah. it feel like nobody loves me." Um, and then uh, a few lines later, "I'm not trying to lead you to visas, as in credit cards, but mm-hmm. if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers." Where. Like I even I didn't have it out with this guy on my Instagram yesterday, but I would present he would you know post these comments doubting Kanye's conversion, and I would say, well, here's this thing, here's this other evidence, here's these lines, whatever, and he didn't want to hear it. Uh, no matter what I said, he did not care, and um, so what I've kind of noticed, and and this isn't universal, but by and large. People who tend more, tend more Calvinist, or you know, you being Lutheran, still believing in the sovereignty of God and the salvation Indeed. of sinners, um, it's typically Calvinists that are more excited about this. Who, who, you know, get that? Yeah, he's saying stuff that I mean, Scripture says no one can say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, except ex- by the Spirit. Yep. Except by the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and mean it, of course. Um, and what I've also seen is typically, not universally, people who t- 
tend toward Arminianism or you needing to make a decision uh, in order to get saved are more doubting because they just can't imagine Kanye West utilizing his free will uh, to produce faith to call on Jesus. And that's our point exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but I think that just proves the point. Like, of course you can't just muster up your own free will and make a decision for Jesus. That has to be a supernatural work done absolutely by the Spirit to produce I mean, that faith in you. It reminds me of uh, an excerpt, and going hardcore Augsburgian here, uh, from Luke's yeah. explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Um, it's, uh, who has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. That is the yep. work of the Spirit in our lives and prayerfully by the will and love and mercy of God Almighty and the work of God in Kanye's life as well. So personally, I've got, um, I've got one, one final thought on, uh, on this thing. Um, when I was doing some looking, like I said, I, I, I've not listened uh, willfully uh, <laughs> or intentionally uh, to uh, Kanye's work in the past, um, and uh, and and I, you know, my understanding is that there's some pretty uh, dark themes. Although his production quality is legit, I mean, that lo-fi hip hop thing is uh, is you know it's super popular now. It's something I've always enjoyed, um, but in you know I mentioned this earlier in the episode. In 05, he came out with the song "Jesus Walks," and I'm not going to go through the whole text, but you know there there are some some really uh, decent themes in here, even from so long ago when he was not a believer. Uh, yeah. But you know, he says, you know, we need you, you know, so on and so forth. Forget about that for a second and go all the way down to the last chorus: "Jesus Walk, God Show Me the Way," because the devil's trying to break me down. It seems. Like God answered the prayer. Yeah, he was he was haunted by it at the very least all along. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I guess my thought, my last thought would be uh, excerpts from two songs uh, from God is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. All the things He has in store, from the rich to the poor, all are welcome through the door. You won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus' name. Listen to the words I'm saying. Jesus saved me. Now I'm sane. And then his, you know, it's always pretty telling where uh, where an artist ends ends their album, right? Yeah. And his last track is called "Jesus Is Lord" with the lyrics, "Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess Jesus is Lord." And, it's and so that's good. like that's all of the lyrics. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it was a short album, but like. It was like I mean I'm not gonna right. say perfect, but like musically, artistically, I'm down. So uh, go go have a listen. I, I think is is what we're saying. Are we are yes. we going to um, endorse Kanye's entire future catalog um, as uh, you know sanctified uh, church music? Um, well, <laughs> no, and I, and I don't think we would do that uh, for for any artist, Christian uh, or not. Uh, you know, one thing Kanye said, I think, it was the Kimmy, the the Kimmy, the Jimmy Kimmy, the Kimmel interview was. Uh, so, Kanye, are you a Christian rapper now? He's like, no, I'm a Christian everything now, and uh, you know, let's uh, let's pray, uh, let's put our hands uh, mm-hmm. spiritually on Kanye and pray uh, that uh, that. Um, one of many prodigal sons 
uh, seems to have returned uh, to the bosom of the flower. In various ways, you know, some sort of preach and some sort of play. Nevertheless, there's a common ground. You know the deaf hip hop sound. Does God run out of patience? How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Does God forget our sin? Join the discussion on all these topics and more on the All 7 Days podcast, where Stan, who also happens to be my dad, and Trevor take your questions and answer them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having a discussion about spiritual matters. Subscribe to the All 7 Days podcast today on Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, or your other favorite podcast listening platform and check out all7days.com. All right, and we come to the Inquisition uh, for this episode. This is our listener question section, and uh, that is only done through the Facebook group, so make sure you join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge there. Uh, Justin Doherty, is it a good or bad idea to use creative license to change bad or poor theological lyrics to make a song more singable or correct, i.e., instead of reckless love, singing perfect love, or literally any phrase instead of sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> Which, well played on that. Um, I mean, I would say that usually, if you have to change a lyric, usually, um, probably sh- just shouldn't sing the song. Because uh, usually that lyric is going to be something relatively important. Uh, at least to the structure and feel of the song. Um, there have been a couple of songs here and there where it's it's nowhere near as important that we've changed a word uh, just to make it better. Um, but it, it wasn't like the main thing, you know. And, and I know I know there's some CCLI kind of stuff, but let's just disregard anything CCLI for this exercise, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will say only one thing on that. I'm not going to say their their position. Um, you know, if your church is using CCLI as your uh, your licensing body, um, they have a FAQ on their website. This is a question that they address. Uh, you can go check it out there. I think the uh, the real core of this issue is is you may change the lyric for your church in your worship service, but what happens when they go look mm-hmm. for that song on on Amazon or Instagram or Instagram or Spotify? Or whatever? <laughs> um, what happens when they go look for that song? Um, because chances are, um, you know, I bet Alexa is playing that thing uh, a lot more uh, than you are uh, in, in your church. Mm-hmm. So. Be careful uh, that uh, even in our song selections, um, regardless of what you choose to do, that we are still shepherding the flock with which we have been entrusted. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Brian Morris, who I'm pretty sure he's had an Inquisition question in every episode that we've done. He's dedicated, man. Yeah, he he very much is. Uh, What questions should one think through when considering whether or not to take a staff role at a church? Hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I, I've been, you know, Bradley obviously is the professional church worker in the, in, in right. the, 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 the host triumvirate here. Uh, but, you know, I, I've, had, uh, I've had employed roles uh, with churches before, mostly in the worship space. Um, you know, I, I ran a Christian camp and retreat center, and, you know, I, I've had a few different things like that. And, and recently, um, you know, that was a topic at Christ Lincoln. You know, since we're hiring for worship arts director, the worship leadership piece is kind of a, a tag team between Josiah and I. Um, you know, there was, there's always that question, it's like, maybe I could just do this for my job. I mean, if, if finances were an issue. And um, mm-hmm. obviously, I think the, I mean, aside from what you would consider for any normal employment, you know, uh, salary, compensation, benefits, you know, all that, all that boring, worldly, unfortunately necessary stuff. I think the thing is, is that if you take your hobby and turn it into your profession, profession working for someone else, most specifically, there is a precedent that that will <laughs> that that hobby would then become more of a burden. I mean, I used to be I used to meddle with uh, with computers and stuff all the time. You know, I had an awesome gaming rig and and all sorts of stuff. I had a server stack at home, just trying to just learn more. And now, as I'm a, a gainfully, I guess, employed senior systems engineer, the only time I touch a computer is to record the podcast and do music production outside of work. Like, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to see it. I don't play games right. anymore because I'm tired of it. My concern would be, um, I mean, let's say we're talking about worship music in particular. Um, make sure that you're not exploring like a job as a worship leader so you can play music all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because the music is never going to be the most important thing. And we certainly don't want that. If that's your passion and your hobby to become a burden. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, uh, motivations have to, uh, uh, play into this. Like, do you, are you, are you looking to get on staff because of the quote unquote status it may afford you yeah. in your church. Uh, that's that's important to think about. Um, but but one question, and this and it just kind of came to me in the conversation when our now former trustee, since we rotate every five years, and that's what we call our deacons uh, at Res. When he came to me asking if I would be interested in being a trustee, um, one of my big questions was why me, and it and it wasn't me looking to get sunshine blown up my butt <laughs> it was it was legitimately why do you think i would be a good fit for this even though sure. it's not on staff uh it's not a paid position but but you know knowing why other people think that you would be a good fit for this i think is helpful um and i you know and i even said you, you know i i've stepped on some toes you know i'm not a yes man he's like that's one of the reasons that we want you not not to be contentious <laughs> but but because I'm willing to say no when I think something's a bad idea. For sure. Um, so so that's, you know, why if, you know, Brian, I would say if, if you're trying to get on staff, you know, ask even hypothetically of someone who doesn't even exist, you know, why me? Why would I be a good fit for this? Um, mm-hmm. We'll keep this next question anonymous uh, just in case, uh, but this listener did uh 
did message me with more details. How do I deal with an associate pastor who has stepped into the interim pastor position and has significantly different ways, culturally, theologically, practically, etc., of doing things? There certainly is tension between the way he does things and says things and some of the good things regarding the culture of our church. Everyone likes him, and he has a good heart. Uh, He's just almost 60, and it shows. Uh, I would actually say that him being almost 60 has little to do with it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, regardless of one's age, it's it's ultimately the theology and their personality that have the most to do with it. Mm. And, uh, you know, like me being 32, I have what, you know, most consider would be old white guy ideas <laughs> regarding theology. You know, it's I'm, yeah, I'm not woke. You, uh, I'm not a theological liberal, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I actually believe Jesus is the only way to salvation. Um, you know, so I'm not a pluralist. Um, so I would say that's actually not, uh, not it. It's, it's more of get, I would say, get to know his foundations for those things, like develop that relationship. And it's, and it seems like, you know, everybody, everybody likes him. He has a good heart. Uh, see what those foundations are for, for how he approaches things, I would say. Sure, and and you know I I haven't seen you know this this message and uh, so I, I don't know if I'm missing out on on some context here and it's okay if I am um, just reading into perhaps some subtext here in the question it sounds like this you know this uh, interim and I assume interim pastor would be like interim senior pastor you know someone in a position right. of, of leadership right. and and influence uh, would seem that like he's maybe wanting to change some things or or saying. Okay, uh, you know I'm I'm in this role now. I would really like it if uh, you know the, the maybe the worship band moved to the balcony. I don't like them in front. You know maybe move them to the balcony or or I don't like the lights or maybe we need to leave the lights on during the message or just a lot of things that kind of shake things up, right? Um, and you know even if they are all practical things, um, you know we can also we can often read cultural subtext or theological subtext into those things um, because. Right. Our hope is that in a church, all of those things kind of are part of the the, the whole picture. Uh, so I'm going to agree with Cody on this. Is I mean, don't let this be a thing that just like simmers. Uh, yeah. Because whether it's you know, whether it's like um, just a mild annoyance or something that's really plaguing your heart, I mean, having something like this that sits with you is just it's not healthy. Um, right. Reach out. I mean, reach out to him. I mean, if he's got a good heart and everybody likes him, perfect. That's a that is a great personality type to take your concerns with and open up a dialogue and be like, hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, even at even at res between our two on staff pastors, Keith and Bradley, like there there are going to be disagreements uh, regarding obviously secondary and tertiary matters. Obviously, nothing like. Creedal, sure, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and they are entirely different people with drastically mm-hmm. different communication styles. Uh, where I and mean, we've talked about it before. Where you know Bradley, you know has we we could even you know to turn them into tools. Uh, Bradley is more of a scalpel, and Keith brings a sledgehammer. It's a grace-filled <laughs> sledgehammer. <laughs> sure, but 
but when he preaches, like he, you, you never know what he's gonna. It's awesome. You never know what he's yeah, gonna say. Yeah, we we um, you know, we've got a we've got a fill in uh, who's uh, um, second career not pastor. First career was pastor and uh, and enjoy you know enjoys preaching and, and teaching, but just the pastoral counseling piece wasn't uh, on his heart. So he does something else and fills yeah. in, and that's the same sort of situation. We just never know. Uh, what uh what he's going to bring uh but yes you know there is there is a certain sense of uh, pastoral authority right uh we we need to uh to view them in a position of authority we need to treat their position and and their individual as respect you know with respect but at the same time i mean discussions are how the church has literally solved its problems yeah forever yeah um except for the whole crusades thing that involves swords but that should be a last resort. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Boychuk, who, uh, by the way, any prospective retailers, he's one of my uh, new sales reps. Hit him up if you would like some of my wares in your stores. Uh, is he, he up says, in Canada? Yes, he is. Up oh, in man. Western Ma- Canada. Maple syrup flavored Westminster effects. Man, that sounds <laughs> Uh, he says, what's the album of the year and why is it Norma Jean's All Hail? Um, unpopular opinion amongst uh, loud music. I've never really been a Norma Jean fan. They have too many of the chug chug squeals for me. Um, <laughs> or at least in their old material. I listened to this album last night and it was really good. Uh, but in terms of my favorite albums uh, this year, uh, probably Disease by Beartooth and Eclipse by Wolves at the Gate. And that's not just me being... Uh, uh, not just me being biased since I endorse uh, Steve, sure. but but like legitimately really good albums. Uh, but this year it seems, at least in terms of my musical circles, that things have been a little slower than they were last year. Because I was like, well, what about this album? And then I would look, and it was 2018. Yeah. And it's dang it, I got to find a different one. <laughs> and uh, you know, because like Coheed's last album was 2018, even though I just saw them a few months ago and whatnot. Uh, so those those are probably my favorite albums to come out this year, at least so far as I've listened to them multiple times. Uh, I've only listened to the new As Cities Burn album a couple of times, but it does seem to be a return to uh, their Son I Loved You at Your Darkest form, which excites me tremendously. So maybe I'll change my mind. And uh, and unfortunately, um, with the exception of Jesus is King, I've only really had the opportunity to listen to singles <laughs> and uh, and edit multi tracks uh, this entire year. Um, so uh, I don't I don't really have an album. I can say that uh, this coming Sunday we're doing uh, because of your love by Chris Quilala, I believe is Quilala. And uh, we're editing it up, uh, you know, we're, we're stripping down. I mean, we use tracks for some things, um, but uh, we're stripping it down hardcore, um, doing it really cool. It's cool. It's, it's got that cool kind of 1980s vibe to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good song. But album of the year, I got no clue. I mean, Piano Man but Billy Joel, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's end it right there. Follow us, comment on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure you leave a five-star review that helps us get the word out. You can support the show at anchor.fm. You can donate money and help us improve. And if you pledge to donate $10 a month for a year, you get your choice of the Piper Drive V2 or the Wycliffe Fuzz. Uh, Speaking of Beartooth, this is actually an old Beartooth song from their first album. 
but John Lorbacher uh, let me know that, hey, the Puritan sounds really good on bass. I just saw that on the notes. That's cool. That's, I'm, that's yes. exciting. I'm yeah, so, uh, so I recorded this yesterday as, as we're recording on a Tuesday. I recorded this yesterday. So this is uh, me playing the Puritan on bass, covering Beartooth. Thanks for listening. Later. I'm